invite you to go with us to Matthew chapter number 5 this evening. And uh, just a lot of uh, testimony and witness about the goodness of God and His blessings uh, upon our life and Him being with us. And uh, just want to read um, these first 12 verses of Matthew chapter number 5 and uh, just give you what's on our heart this evening. And it's our intention and uh, our desire to be a help uh, to you this evening. And so we'll begin reading there in Matthew 5 and verse uh, number 1 tonight. All right, Matthew 5 and verse number 1. The Bible says, In seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain... And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I'm going to speak tonight or preach tonight. Uh, on this subject tonight, on, on the blessedness of the Beatitudes, the blessedness of the Beatitudes. Let's pray together tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for everything that has taken place up to this moment. God, we're thankful, Lord, that we have uh, felt your presence. God, that we have enjoyed, uh, God, the blessings that you bestow upon us, Lord. Thank you for all that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, thank you, God, that we have uh, a heart that's con- contented as they uh, sang about tonight. Lord, peace in our heart. And uh, God, when we pillow our head tonight, Lord, we know that, uh, that you are ours and we're yours, Lord. And, and Father, we, we thank you, God, for that reality. We thankful, uh, thank you and we are thankful tonight, Lord, for the eternal security of the believer. Thank you, God, that you hold us in the palm of your hand. And Lord, we're just a blessed people tonight, Lord. And I feel like that's just been kind of the theme or the... Uh, the subject matter of tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to further drive that home. I pray, Father, that you would empower us by your Spirit. And, Lord, help us to be a help, God, to your people. And I pray, Father, that you would be pleased with everything that's said and done tonight. Lord, we ask these things tonight. And for your help, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we come to Matthew chapter number 5, we know and we understand that this is the beginning Uh, of uh, three chapters of Scripture here in Matthew's Gospel that have come to be known as the Sermon on the Mount. As we read in in verse number 1, Jesus seeing the multitudes, He goes up into a mountain. He begins to deliver this sermon. And uh, Jesus gives some great fundamental truth uh, that is not only a blessing to us today as we read it, uh, but it was a, a theological bombshell that went off Uh, because of what the Jews were 
used to, what they were familiar with. And I'm talking about uh, the religion of the scribes and the Pharisees. I'm talking about their hypocrisy. And I'm, I'm talking about their false adherence to the Word of God and their mixing in of traditions. But Jesus comes and, and He gives these simple yet profound statements here beginning in Matthew chapter number 5. And I want you to see as we look at the chapter, we'll just move through it. Uh, as we go, but I want you to notice first of all with me tonight, I want you to see the multitude in verse number one. The Bible said, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. Jesus is here, and he is in chapter number four, we find that he is healing we find that he is preaching. We find that he is in uh, the midst of a great ministry. The Bible says, if you back up in Matthew chapter number 4, that his fame went throughout all Syria, and they began to bring sick people to him. They had heard about this Jesus, and they had heard about his preaching, and the miracles and the healings that he performed, and they began to bring all of these people. And I can't help but, but think about in my own mind, as Jesus is here, and, and and he is healing people and as uh, he is ministering unto them I can't help but, but just think in my mind that he kind of gets a little bit weary he kind of gets a little bit tired and he gets a little bit distressed and, and he is seemingly overwhelmed uh, with the multitude and you say well I wouldn't say anything like that well before you make that statement understand that while and we have to be reminded while he is all and holy and fully God he is also at the time all and whole and fully man. Amen. And so he is subject to those like passions. He is subject uh, to the tiredness of the flesh. And the Bible says in verse number 5, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain. And we're given insight into the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not weary with these people in the sense that He does not want to help them. He is not weary with them in the sense that He just wants to, uh, to be away from them for the sake of doing it. But I'm glad everything that the Lord Jesus Christ did, He did it with a purpose. Amen. We're given insight into the heart of the Lord Jesus. I believe with all of my heart that His heart is reflected in the text and we see the the compassion uh, of our Savior tonight. Amen. Uh, he sees this multitude and He sees people uh, who are broken down and they're diseased and uh, they stand in need of healing and while Jesus is healing the sick and while uh, Jesus is healing those that were possessed uh, with devils and in torments as the Bible said, uh, He goes up here on this mountain after looking upon them uh, and seeing them. I believe tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ saw the people of Israel as sheep without a shepherd tonight. Amen. He saw them scattered. He saw them disorganized and he saw them to pray. We mentioned the religion of the scribes and the Pharisees just a moment ago. Here were men who wore the Word of God in their clothing. They, they, they memorized the Word of God and yet they were the ones who were supposed to be able to help people and point them to God and they utterly and miserably failed at that task. But here Jesus is. And while having compassion upon them, He goes up upon this mountain. 
I believe as he looks at these people, he's got his kingdom upon his mind. I'm glad that there is coming a day when the disarray of this world and the depravity of sin will be no more. Amen. I'm glad that the disruption of violence and wars and tumults and different things that we face in this world, all of the sin and the sorrow and the misunderstandings, thank God one of these days all of that is going to be done away with. Amen. And Jesus... Jesus has the kingdom upon his mind. Amen. All of the false teaching of the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders are now being overthrown by a new word that God himself is giving them upon this mountain. Amen. I'm glad that Jesus didn't tire in the ministry in so much that he went to this mountain and he just sat and he did nothing. But he went up upon this mountain and he looked out upon the multitudes and he had compassion on them. Aren't you glad, thank God, that when you've come to Christ and you've come to God with your burdens and your needs and God has to help you and God has to prop you up again and God has to rescue you by His grace. Aren't you glad that the next Next time you come to Him, He doesn't put you on hold and He doesn't send you away, but He looks upon you in compassion and He works as He did before. Amen. And He helps you as He did in times past. We find that His mercies are new every morning. His grace is in an abundant supply tonight. Amen. And so we see the multitudes and Jesus looking upon them with compassion. Number two, as we look at verse number two, we not only see the multitudes but we find the method notice what he says in verse number 2 Matthew writes and he opened his mouth and taught them saying who is he teaching he's not teaching the multitude at this time he's not teaching that crowd that he healed but he is teaching those men that he has called unto himself. Jesus is teaching his disciples. Now as we read the text and we move through it, it's kind of strange. Jesus is there with the multitude. He's healing them. He's performing all of these different miracles. And then he leaves them and he goes up on a mountain alone. And he's there with his disciples. But we said just a moment ago that Jesus does everything uh, with a purpose. You say, what is he doing? He is training these men. He has the multitude in his mind and his heart. But he is stopping for a moment as he does throughout the Gospels. And he is taking a moment to train his disciples and to teach them truths that would stay with them for all of the rest of their life. Why? Because he needs these men to learn and to understand. And he needs them to know the blessedness and understand the principles of the kingdom and what it is to be in Christ. Why? Because of the multitude tonight. Amen. Well, I'm so glad tonight that I got saved and I'm thankful that God called me to preach but God didn't do that for me. God didn't do that to elevate me and, and, and servant of God. God didn't save you to elevate yourself but He did it because there is a multitude that stands in need of healing and they stand in need of help tonight and thank God Christ is always thinking of the multitude tonight. Amen. But what is His method? 
He teaches his disciples. And he begins to give them the law of the kingdom. I understand the context of what we're dealing with. Matthew is a kingdom gospel. It is the king giving the principles of the kingdom uh, to those that he would rule over. And and Matthew chapter number 5 is no different tonight. But I'm glad tonight that while the word of God all may not be written to me, it is written for me tonight. And there are some great principles that you and I can learn tonight from these Beatitudes. The king's blessings tonight are given exclusively uh, to these disciples. And uh, we uncover the reason for that tonight is because of this. Is it's simply that blessings are for believers tonight. Amen. Uh, kingdom principles are for those who find themselves within the kingdom, who have made Christ their king. And Jesus is giving these principles. And, you know, there's a whole lot of people in this world. Boy, you go out uh, in the public world, and, and, and if you uh, go to neighborhoods, many of you go out on visitation, and you'll find little signs and little uh, decorations that, that say blessed. And, and really, that person couldn't be more, more, more saved than uh, than the next person. But listen to me tonight. Blessings from God uh, are for God's people tonight. Amen. That, that may be something that some people say. They may say, well, well, I'm blessed. My life is going good. But understand, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot know uh, blessing. You cannot know blessedness. You cannot be at one with God and God with you and He abiding in you and you abiding in Him tonight. Amen. And so the method tonight is Jesus takes these men aside to teach them that they in turn may learn and they may go and take it to the multitude. Jesus gives these kingdom principles to those within the kingdom. Uh, In our society in recent years we have uh, seen people up in arms about uh, the Ten Commandments being displayed at courthouses and then uh, being taken down and then, and then with the, uh, the removal uh, of prayer from school and being uh, replaced with a moment of silence. And I, and I know all of the preaching that we could do uh, pertaining to that. And, and the Bible still does say that blessed is the nation who, who, whose God uh, is the Lord tonight. But understand something tonight, that God did not give the Ten Commandments to the multitude. God did not give prayer to the world tonight. Amen. And so when they remove the Ten Commandments from the courthouse and they have them stricken from monuments and they take prayer out of school, is it any surprise to us that the multitude is just acting like the multitude is supposed to act tonight? Amen. Jesus never looked at the disciples and expected the multitude to behave like them. In turn, God never looks at the world and expects the world to behave like the church. Amen. Why? Because the blessings of God and the principles of God and righteousness are for the people of God. And so is it any surprise tonight that the world acts like worlds? Hey, I've I've got a a newsflash for you tonight. Sinners sin. Amen? And that's what they're always going to do because that's their nature and that is who they are tonight. And if anybody has dropped the ball, it's not been been society. It's not been the nation as a whole. But I would venture to say that it's been God's people. We've not committed to what God has given us. And so we see the multitude. We then uh, see the method tonight. But then thirdly, we see the message. Jesus begins in verse number 3 
And he says this, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this first beatitude opens the door to all of the rest of them. Jesus wants those disciples and Jesus wants us and Jesus wants anybody that is to come to Him to realize that they are poor in spirit. Amen. That we are depraved without God. That there is no blessedness apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is until an individual realizes their poverty of spirit they cannot receive the blessing of salvation that God has for them. Because if a man never sees his need of salvation salvation, then he can never accept what God has provided tonight. Amen. And so the message is this. It is that Jesus draws men unto himself. If you consider the Old Testament and you consider the person of Moses who was also on a mountain at Mount Sinai. Moses goes up on the mountain while the children of Israel are down there in the valley and they convince Moses to uh, build that molten calf. We know the story of that. But I want you to think about Moses for just a moment. Moses is there on the mountain of God and it's just Moses and God. No one else can come near. Nobody else can come to that meeting to where Moses and God are. But boy, I'm glad you fast forward to the New Testament of the Lord Jesus Christ is there on the mountain and He's far greater than Moses and He's far greater than the Old Testament and He's not just with God He is God tonight and he's, as He's there on the mountain it's not a warning of keep away stay away oh but I'm glad tonight that the message of the cross is come unto me oh you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest whosoever will let him come and drink of the water of life freely and I'm glad for the good glad day there is a 14 year old boy I receive God's invitation Moses the message was him with him was to keep away but here Jesus ascends and he goes up on the mountain and he invites people to come Moses received a law that condemned But here in Matthew chapter number 5, Jesus is giving principles of grace that produce life and life more abundantly tonight. Amen. What is Jesus offering us? Now, in in light of the charismatic movement, in light of the televangelists, in light of, of what is being promoted and propagated, we'll just give that word of disclaimer tonight and, and, and let you know that I am not a follower of Benny Hinn. I am not a proponent of Kenneth Copeland tonight. But can I say this? Buckle up and hold your breath. God wants you to be blessed tonight. Amen. I mean, we, we feel like that's almost a, a kind of a slide or a byword anymore uh, because the charismatics have taken that from us and we Baptists think that we've got to walk around miserable, amen, uh, looking like we've been baptized in sauerkraut juice, amen. We've been sucking on persimmons, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, God wants you to have joy and God wants you to be blessed and God wants you to enjoy everything that He desires for you to have in this life and the next, amen. God desires for you and I to be blessed. And that is what Jesus is offering tonight. Amen. Jesus is offering blessedness. Now, what this shows us tonight is just like the Ten Commandments showed man his need. 
And the Ten Commandments basically gave us a list that we could not live. Can I say this tonight? That Jesus did the same thing with the Beatitudes. Let's just go down through the list here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I don't know, maybe my bank account can reflect with that tonight. Blessed are they that mourn. I, 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 I know kind of uh, to what it is to mourn. Uh, blessed are the meek. Uh, we're kind of losing ground here. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. I probably do that a whole lot less than, than what I actually ought to. Blessed are the merciful. I really struggle with that tonight. Blessed are the pure in heart. You can forget about it. Blessed are the peacemakers. Don't talk to my wife tonight. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye, are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall to say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. When I, if I ever have been persecuted, I can promise you this tonight, I probably would not count it as a blessing. Now hide your halo and tuck your wings back. Amen. Don't lie in church tonight. Amen. But that's all of us tonight. Amen. And that is a list that we cannot fulfill. That is a list that we cannot live. And so what are we to do with these beatitudes tonight? Just like those Ten Commandments, they show us our need. They show us our depravity. They show us our sin. They show us our unrighteousness and our unholiness. Those Ten Commandments pronounce us guilty before a thrice holy God. So what is the remedy tonight? Well, I'm so glad you asked. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And just like Christ is the remedy for the guilt that is laid upon us by the law of God. Thank God when we look to these beatitudes and we fall short. Thank God, listen, our fulfillment is not found in trying to do better. Our fulfillment is not found in trying to turn over a new leaf. Our fulfillment is not found in trying to get a redo or a do-over. Thank God tonight the pattern and the blueprint for blessedness in our life is found in none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is Jesus who knows the depths of spiritual poverty. It is Jesus who truly knows what it is to mourn. It is Jesus who understands meekness. It is Jesus who knows the fullness and the hunger of righteousness. It is Jesus that knows mercy. And thank God it is Jesus who knows the purity of heart tonight. And thank God that can be ours through Him. Jesus is our peacemaker. He has reconciled us to our God. Well, I want to be blessed. And he says it these nine times in these Beatitudes. Blessed, 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 blessed. I don't know anybody but as a child of God that does not want to be blessed. I've never met one. But I want a blessing. I want to be blessed. And in turn, if we take these and we apply them to our heart, we'll not only receive a blessing, but we'll be a blessing. I want to give you five principles very quickly, and I'm done tonight. Number one, I want you to see the purpose of the Beatitudes. The purpose of the Beatitudes. We've already said those Ten Commandments show us our guilt. They show us our unholiness before God. 
But these Beatitudes truly show man his hopelessness without Christ. Because, brother, listen to me. If this is the standard, I'll never make it. Not within myself. Not within my own power. Not within my own strength. And you say, well, preacher, I, I, I've tried it. And, and I, I, I've worked my fingers to the bone. And, and I cannot live the Christian life. You're finally getting somewhere. Because I want you to understand something. That this preacher tonight cannot live the Christian life. I can't do it. It's impossible for me to do it. I, I, I can try to, to do a little bit and, and maybe I could master one of these. But by the time I feel like I've got it mastered, my flesh would fail. And, and I, I find myself guilty of all of these points once again. And it's supposed to be that way tonight. Amen. Because if you could live any of this and you could accomplish anything, then you would be robbing God of His glory and denying Him His ability to work in you and through you that which He desires. So the purpose of this is for you and I to see our need tonight. Number two, I see not only the purpose, but I see the power. This is one of the greatest literary pieces that's ever been composed and that's been given by by worldly people. That's not theologians, that's not Bible commentators saying that, but these these are people who who have studied uh, uh, literary works down through the ages and they look to the Word of God and they say that it could not be said any better than what the Lord Jesus Christ said it. And these Beatitudes, like any good sermon, the final end to them is Christ. We we preach not ourselves, brethren, but we preach Christ tonight. Amen. You know what Jesus preached? Jesus preached the gospel. Jesus preached himself. Amen. And Jesus came to people. And boy, the world talks about how tolerant the Lord Jesus Christ is. Let me tell you how tolerant the Jesus Christ of the Word of God is. You either, you, when he got around you, you either changed or you left. That, that's how tolerant Christ was. But this message drives the listener to the Lord Jesus Christ. We we see our shortcomings. We see our failure. And we realize that man needs supernatural help to live up to God's standard. And we cannot do it by ourselves. And I'm thankful that Christ did it on His own. Amen. Without any man's help. Without any man's assistance. Christ accomplished that which was needed for you and I. We see the purpose. We see the power. We see... Uh, The pattern, the sermon shows us the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the embodiment of all of these commands, all of these beatitudes tonight. And we find in Him everything that God intended for man to be. When you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, it's God's desire for humanity fulfilled. Adam depraved us. Adam dropped the ball, so to speak. Adam condescended with his wife and sinned and plunged us into a curse. But thank God the Lord Jesus Christ being that last Adam is the fulfillment of everything that God designed for mankind to be. Number four, we see the preaching of these Beatitudes. 
If the Christian who would commit to living these out through the power of the Holy Spirit, by the help of the Lord, these principles lived out in our daily life will attract others to the Lord Jesus Christ to help us to be a witness. Because, friend, listen, we can say it all day long, but until we put it in shoe leather, people don't care. There's so much cheap talk in this world. There's so, there's so much religiousness, if we want to put it that way. But this world needs to see somebody who, who lives out what they say they believe. We were making a delivery, I think it was yesterday, and a real steep driveway. We got up to the house, and, and this woman, before we even get to the house, she's just cussing. Not at us, she's just cussing every other breath. And we get to the door to take it in part of the house and the box is pretty big and, and we're not real sure if it's going to fit and we go to, to push it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. She was cussing five seconds ago. And oh, thank you, Lord. And, and that, that is the brand of Christianity that the world is tired of. Number five, we see the proclamation the highest praise and the highest reason that one would want to follow Christ and live an obedient life is, is this. This is the chief end of it all. It pleases God. That's it. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus enough for you? Is Jesus enough for me? See, there's a crowd that has to have, have fog machines and they have to have lights and they have to have entertainment and they have to have all of this touchy-feely stuff. But you take all that away. You know what they're left with? They're left with this. They're left with Jesus. And the question is tonight, is, is He enough? I'm so glad that He's the standard tonight. I'm so glad that in, a, in, a, in a, a life and in a form where it is impossible for me within myself to please God, I'm so glad God provided Himself and He provided a Savior to where we could please Him. We're, we're real hard on ourselves sometimes. We're, we're way harder on others uh, than we are on ourselves. But understand something tonight. Until you learn the power of submission and learn, and, and learn the power of surrender we'll never have victory we'll never be what God has intended for us to be and it's only through obedience and surrender and submission to the Lord Jesus Christ that we can live in the manner which pleases God tonight amen let's stand together tonight if you're here tonight you've never been born again